You want to make mom smile this Mother's Day? You can start Mother's Day with flowers or surprise her with gifts from the brands she loves delivered the very same day with DoorDash. Wow, that's a great idea. Moms are such a gift to us and we should treat them the same way with gifts, especially on Mother's Day. I didn't know DoorDash was doing that. That's exceptional. If your mom has a sweet tooth or if she's a tech enthusiast, beauty connoisseur, if she's outdoorsy, no matter what she's into, you can make her smile with a fruit or flower bouquet, makeup, tech gear, workout wear, and more, all deliverable through DoorDash. Get all your Mother's Day gifts all in one place and get 50% off your next order up to $15 when you spend $15 or more on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now with code THEO. That's T-H-E-O. Order using DoorDash today. Terms apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Gray Block Pizza. Gray Block Pizza is in Los Angeles at 1811 Pico Boulevard on the way to the beach. Gray Block, get that hitter. Today's guest uh, is a man that I've wanted to come in for probably about a year, I guess. And he is, uh, you know him from Last Chance U. Uh, he's quite a polarizing figure. I mean, if he were in the... will. Um, Wilder. If he were in the wilderness, he would be a polarizing bear. He's also the author of Hate Me Now and Love Me Later. It's a new book. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Coach Jason Brown. What's up, slap dicks, man? That's probably my favorite. Man. Is it? Yeah, because I grew up, man. We had a coach, man, and he would always call us numb nuts all the time. Oh, yeah, he'd be like, one. you jackasses. He'd be like, get your dick out of each other's butts and get out here. That's what he'd say. He'd no come doubt. in the locker room and say that. No doubt. That's, yeah. Hey, slap dicks been around. <laughs> slap dicks been around. Been a long time, man. Uh, coach Jason Brown, nice to see you today, man. Hey, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, it's an honor, man. It's a pleasure, no man. No um, I'm hot off the second season of... Uh, of y'all's show so okay, good deal i haven't watched it yet man i haven't watched the first one so, really nah i've seen bits and pieces here and there but not I let's get you closer it. sorry let's get a little closer gotcha yeah yeah don't be afraid to eat it like this okay gotcha R- right up on it okay cool. yeah how many of the players like are i mean how much coaching are you able to do at the juco level and how much it is of it is just like like sheep herding just guys who are just real just fucking Good question, man. A lot of people don't ask that question. They don't realize what... Just Muppets. bro. I'm sure you get some Muppets at that level. I grew up around Muppets, so I know what it's like to be around them. No doubt. Uh, You don't coach a lot, man. People don't realize. I can coach anybody in the country, and they'll tell you. The D1 guys that know me, um, you know, I grew up... I got my name as a coach. Um, X's and O's. A lot of people stole things from me offensively. Won't get into that, but um, became a... Once you get the head job, um, which I've had a few of them, you become a manager now. And uh, in Kansas at Independence, man, I didn't have the opportunity to hire an offensive coordinator because we didn't have the resources. So since that was my baby, I said, you know what, screw it. I'll run the O, hire, spend more money on defensive side or hire an offensive line coach. So I did those things where you compare that to Buddy Stevens' first year or two years on the show. He didn't do much of any coaching at all. Um, he managed as well, and he had that thing rolling. I was in the process of building like he did, mm-hmm. um, 
but he's been there 10 plus years. I was there year one starting this program. So I said, let me take the offense. He's got the resources built up to where he could hire some coaches and pay them. And so did, was there a reason why suddenly like some of that, the finances wasn't there where did just were never there. And right. what, what we got going there, shoot, man, the money that we raised me and my boss, Tammy, um, we came up with a lot of money to get some decent coaches that we could get, but we still had shoot. So I, I'd average about 15 to 17 coaches a year, wow. more, more than anybody in JUCO. And probably eight, eight of them were unpaid. So they were guys that were were that I gutted and worked hard. But shoot, seventeen of them got D one jobs too in three years. Wow. Yeah. So you know, hate and, me now, love me later. Yeah. Look, man. Well, that's that's the book, right? <laughs> that's the book. That's the book, man. I appreciate this copy, no doubt. Um, but how much of it, like when you get a lot of these players? Because at that level, it's a lot of players that have already had a first and second chance, kind of. Or, oh, yeah. or is that not the case? Is this is it a lot of guys who you're able to go and get them right out of high school and bring them in directly? So I get three types of kids. Okay. All right. So one is the high school non qualifier. He didn't qualify out of high school. He was a Division One prospect. Yeah. Didn't have the grades. I go get those kids. The okay. Best, best of the best of those kids. Uh, the second type of kid is a D1 kid that went to the four-year, so mm-hmm. went to Alabama, went to Georgia, wherever, and flunked out, Damn. smoked weed, got kicked out, had some type of charge. Um, and they're already at these universities. I'm sorry, go yeah, on the yeah. third one. What's the third no, one? No. And then the third one um, is the kid that's at the D1 as well, mm-hmm. who's a good kid, mm-hmm. good grades, does everything right, isn't playing the, the amount of time he wants to play, and says, you know what, screw uh, it. I want a shot to go get re-recruited comes to me and that's a Jonathan Banks that played at Tulane or he was at Kansas State actually so mm. it came from Kansas State to me back to Tulane yeah so those are what we call four two four kids four they were at a four-year came to a two-year and went back to a four-year okay so we get a lot of those so they're coming down to get the tape to get the film yep. to get the stats and then yep. go back up to a, another place where they can start work immediately no doubt no yeah doubt. and I've had shoot you know last year alone we had 28 D1 transfers and then you know nobody Damn. in the country has that but only eight of them played so usually you think about it, a lot of those kids are broken. They're far, far, they're probably, uh, we call damaged goods. So can I, the D1 coach that sends me those kids. Um, yeah, because you're herding sheep, and some, some of the sheep have like prison term, oh, time. Oh, yeah, no you're doubt. Like, damn, this sheep's tatted up. No doubt, know? no doubt. And I, gotta, really, and, yeah. and I got to fucking massage them. You know? <laughs> I know, that's so, what I'm saying, bro. You trying to make know. veal out of lamb. Hell yeah. You know, that's wild. Chicken salad, <laughs> chicken shit. But, you know, we, we get it going, man. We, uh. We, uh, you know, the the D one coach sends me the kid. Yeah. Over most coaches because of the fact they know my reputation precedes itself as far as when my kid leaves me, he don't fuck up at the next level. Really? He don't get kicked out. So two hundred twenty two kids, which I'm most proud of, D- Division one in my coaching career, um, never had a kid get kicked out of a four year or go to jail under, that left me. That left you and went to a four year. Nope, never. Um, is that you don't see a lot of that on the show? No, I know they don't. Show, I know they don't show a lot of that stuff. Yeah, they don't really. We had 101 kids sign scholarships in three years there, which is yeah. no, 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 nothing close to that. And they don't show that really. They don't show all the names. To put it in perspective, the first year show last year mm-hmm. uh, when we won it, five kids they showcase: Emmett Gooden, Raheem Boyd, Malik Henry, mm-hmm. Bobby Bruce. Yeah, um, they don't show the other 40 kids that signed Division One. There's 40 kids signed D1 that year. I see, and so so we so yeah, you're only getting a taste. And is that because they only chose those kids to to do do the kids kind of all, like do an initial interview and then they're like, okay, these are the ones that we want to focus on. They do. They spend tons of time early on mm-hmm. trying to find who their guys are going to be. The storyline. And so, 
You know, it's unfortunate. Like Jermaine Johnson this year was at Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Number one player in the country. Coy Dang, the number two player in the country, who's at Cal. We had both of them. So, and you uh, never even saw Coy. You didn't see him at all. So, right. is it because they didn't fucking rob McDonald's, uh, or is it they didn't have the broken life that a lot of the other ones did? Who knows? Right. Um, they kind of stayed out the limelight. They just did their business, handled it, and got on. Um, but you know, we sent a kid to Cal Berkeley, Coy Dang. Wow. And we sent a kid to. Vanderbilt um, in the same season last year, a kid named Dante Carey Williams. That's never happened in junior college ever. Send a kid to Vanderbilt and Cal. The reason I say that is, I don't know if you know, Cal Berkeley and Vanderbilt are probably the two highest prestigious academic schools in the country. Juco kids don't go to those two schools. Right. So so you're saying that, yeah, a lot of the work that you do, uh, the show obviously doesn't reflect that. Um, no, nah, not at all. It's just not part of their story. Yeah, not part of the story. You know, it's Hollywood. They got to make the right. ratings. And, uh, you know, if I'd have known going in and did some more research, because, you know, Greg Whiteley, the producer, um, does a great job. I think he depicts it the way that I don't think he's out to screw me or anybody. I just think that um, you could be the best filmmaker in America, and he's a great one. He filmed Mick Romney for all those years, and that documentary he did and Netflix. He has a lot of shows. He Oh, Mitt Romney with the uh, who did the yep. the climate change? Was that Mitt Romney? No, that was... Uh, is uh, Mitten? Is it first name Mitten? I don't, I don't even know who the fuck... Jesus I don't Christ. even know who the fuck it is. But, no, that was the other dude, Gore, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that was Gore, but... One of those fucking guys, Slapdick, uh, yeah. uh, global warming deal. Yeah, but right. Jesus, Mitt Romney, man. I guess, was running for president or whatever. I don't know. I don't know shit about yeah. him. But he followed... He did his documentary, the same deal. You know, I th- it looks like they've done a great job. Yeah, he did a great job filming it. I just don't know if he knows the tr- complete inside, the intricacies that go into junior college kids, the broken home background, the the coaches backgrounds and oh, they're you got broken a bunch too. Of fucking muppets, yeah. Coaches too. We're yeah. broken. And you, I think you'd have to be to spend time around, you know, to be in that environment and not get so affected by it. And a lot of people don't know your so your story. You are you're from California, right? Yep. Compton. You grew up in Compton, right? Yep, yep. And you played you played quarterback. Yep. Quarterback whole life. Yeah. Yep, yep. And so, what was some of that like growing up? Like, what was some of like, did you have, like, a role model kind of, and were your folks around? What was your vibe? Nah, you know, I had my pops and mom around. They divorced when I was young. Um, I and they're was, both white? Yeah, both white, both white. Um, living with, uh, ended up choosing to leave with my dad. So we went on and all over the place in California, though. And then uh, he was a truck mechanic, diesel mechanic, and, you know, liked to drink and come home, fall asleep. And, you know, probably why they divorced, to be yeah. honest. But, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. You know yeah. how that goes. He was a rough neck, and so... I love diesel, bro. Yeah, that's that's what he did, man. But and then, uh, so I had those guys. It wasn't like I didn't have the support. They were yeah. there. They were there for me. It was just one of those deals where I was kind of on my own the whole time, um, doing my own thing, man. At, at yeah, you seem like a guy that 15. likes to do your own thing. Yeah. So yeah, some of it is you just making your own choices. Some of those environments make you become that person. Product of your environment. Yeah. You know, I'm a chameleon. They call me, man. Yeah. I can go in and walk into any. Any type of uh, any home, any background, walk down any street in, in the country, in my opinion, and I think that real recognizes real. Yeah, and they know I'm not fucking with that guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I like that shit. <laughs> yeah, you seem like a guy that would fucking you know, hit somebody with a sword, bro. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, see, uh, years ago, I used to, I used to look that shit up. Did you? I would hope somebody oh, look would look for at trouble. Me. I would look, hope somebody looked oh. at me. I, I, I just, uh, you know, I just think that. They knew. Yeah. Nowadays, you know, they still know, but I'm not looking it up. Back in the day, I would look at you a little longer, you know, but, um, you know, you got to grow up. You got to mature, man, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you got to be brave, I think. Um, You know, I think you got to be brave in certain type of environments, you know? No doubt, no doubt. And I think me, you know, I I lived in a car, man, for 
18 months growing what up. What kind of car was it? Shit, I don't know. I don't even know whose car it was. Oh, uh, yeah? Like an old Camaro or something. Dude, I got hit Paid by- up by ants and shit. I, fuck. Fuck it. Too bad. It, luckily, it wasn't back east where it got cold. Yeah. I don't think the car had windows, but- You might have froze out. Dude, I uh, I got yeah. hit by a Trans Am when I was three, Ooh, dude. Trans-Am. Beautiful, too. My mom had a Trans Am. Did she? Yeah, mm-hmm. this one was silver- Dude, my dad was more excited about the car, bro. You know what I'm saying? My mom's over there making sure I'm all right. My no, dad's, no, dad's worried oh, about dude. the car. Yeah, my dad's asking. No, my dad's asking me how where he got it. Oh, you know? really? Like, <laughs> Shit, I had a Buick Riviera, 63 Riviera, man. Got ran off the road by some, got chased, man. And uh, being a knucklehead, man, some gangsters were chasing us. And we and we had to get out of there and got hit by a car and ruined it. My pops was oh. pissed, man. It was his baby. Damn. Uh, shit happened. Um... The show, do you, uh, like, after your second season with the show, do you, did you have a different view of Hollywood coming out of it, kind of? Did you have a different... Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't know. So I didn't watch it. I was like, fuck, I'm not going to watch myself. And so then, Really? Nah, yeah, exactly. I still haven't watched the first year. Dude, because you seem like the guy that will watch you. Nah, nah. What happened was they sent us the show early right. before anybody. And they were like, so me and my boss watched the first three episodes, I think, uh-huh. to get ahead of it PR-wise. Oh, that makes sense. So the yeah. town folks and everybody, the haters, we knew how to combat whatever was going to be brought our way. Right. And that's why we watched it a bit. But I, I was even like, cringing in my own skin like i don't want to watch myself like it's crazy well what didn't you was there any specific thing specific you didn't like about yourself i mean i know what some of that is like you know but uh yeah. but is there anything specific for you that you kind of i, I thought there was a, so much shit left out that it was just they're 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 kind of pegging me out to be this guy that was result oriented so i was just doing everything that whatever whatever to win at all costs right and, and so they i think they put that out there and then, uh, can you do anything else at that level, though? No, you can't, and that's why. Like these guys aren't staying. Like they're not staying no. there for four years. Nobody's no, going to stay for. Yeah, a lot, nobody's looking to stay in the community unless they get arrested. It looks like I get them six months to eighteen months, max eighteen, mostly six though, because I got mostly D one transfers, and all I'm doing, I'm having them six months and sending them right back. The eighteen month kids are the good high school kids that didn't qualify that I get. Ah, uh, so I that's a little bit different. A little different. Those are a lot. Of, those are a lot of those kids went D one. A lot of those kids, majority of those kids are the ones who made it. See the show, the first show, don't show the thirty five other guys that signed D one. Delrick Abrams at Colorado, who will be a draft. Wow. Uh, D J Williams, who's a, who's a, um, who's a Jim Thorpe Award nominee this year. Wow. They really? Don't show him at Utah you State. Don't, they don't see. You don't, you don't see, see all those guys, man. Because if you see that full picture. It definitely gives a little. Yeah. It, it changes really the scope of I think how people. Um, so many guys. I yeah. mean, you know, we, Ray Buford's at New Mexico State. Who was at? Who was a, a transfer? Um, he was at um, Minnesota. We brought him in. He had some back background issues. That was a BS deal. I had three kids that left Minnesota over a big time rape scandal. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do it. Was it was cold up there. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And that's a joke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a joke. So I got, I got him. Oh, you got to get a little bit closer, Jason. Okay, and I got him there, right? And fixed them and got them re-recruited. And a lot of D ones wouldn't have touched that situation. And the Title IX deal now, they don't want to touch it. Yeah. And my reputation, though, of when I put my name on a kid. Those D1 coaches know this guy, he ain't fucking around. You like to use car lot. You're almost like you're running a used car lot. No, it is. And they know if my word is on it, that I'm, it's, it's reputable and my kid's going to do right. And they're, they're, they're all thriving. All 35 of those other kids, other mm-hmm. than the five they showcase, yeah. all started at the D1. So, what, so why don't they want to tell it? Why isn't, isn't there? Because I feel like that story is also very attractive. To me, it like gives me more of a full picture of what, you're, of what a coach is dealing with 
at that level. No doubt. They, I, you know, they don't show the things I wish they showed. The four-year school comes in there, the Division One coach, tons of them. We were the most recruited junior college in the country. They'd come in there and talk to my boss and say, the players have their pants pulled up. I don't hear them saying the word bitch. I don't see them doing these things. They look us in the eye. They shake our hand. That is not being taught at any other JUCO. And he goes, those guys line up at practice to shake our hands. And he goes, it's taught. Uh, it's clearly taught. And uh, I wish they would show at least coaches talking to my boss about it and showing people that, you know, we're, we were different. And that's the reason those so many guys went on. And those guys are thriving now at the four-year. Raheem Boyd's at Arkansas. Yeah. He'll be probably the top two or three running backs picked in the draft. Wow. Um He's a uh, Doak Walker uh, nominee. So we got kids that are being Division One nominees for big awards, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, who knows? He could be a Heisman candidate. So, you know, go. we, we got kids all over. Now, what type of pride – you grab me a water, too, and uh, Jason one as well? Thanks. What type of – I mean, that must, be a, that must be a really amazing feeling when you see that kind of go on. Like, what's that like for you as, a, as somebody that's been a part of their journey? Man, that's what gets me off, you know what I mean? Wins and losses don't mean diddly shit to me in junior college. Do you know who played for the national championship in junior college last year? Um, I would say McNeese State, and that would be a guess. No, Juco. Oh, uh, I have no idea. That's exactly. Yeah. So that's my point. Nobody knows and cares about junior college and what they did. And, um, you know, the, the, the bottom line is it's about can I mold this young boy and turn him into a man so he don't fuck up at the four-year. And those coaches get a quality kid and product. And they're good community members and all those type of things. That's what makes me allows me to sleep at night, and I've done that better than anybody in the country. And those D one coaches know that's about that. That's what I'm about, and that's why they'll take the risk kid that a lot of people wouldn't take. They'll call me and say, "Coach, how has he been since he's been with you? I know he got kicked out at Minnesota. Coach, he's been a stand up straight shooter. You know, what and I mean? do you shoot those guys straight all the time, all or the do you, time. you you would you uh, you know bend the truth a little bit? Not never, never, hmm. um, because you know I've sent so many guys on. They come to me and they know. And then, you know, ultimately that's how guys get jobs. But at the end of the day, I didn't need the D1 coach. They needed me. The kids, I don't need the kids. They needed me. And at the end of the day, I held all the cards because I had the best player in the country and I'm getting them graduated faster than anybody in America. And, you know, we got guys everywhere. There. We'll probably have 10 to 12 guys get drafted next year after these two shows. And uh, nobody can say that. And do you get, like, any type of, like um – any type of kickback? Is there anything where coaches are trying to give you, like, look, can you steer this guy more my way? Do you ever? It, it don't happen, man. That's a, it's, you know, it, it never really happened with me. Um, right. I, you hear those stories and the blue chip movies of the world and the program and all those movies. Oh, yeah. They show that shit. But, you know, it's not happening uh, that I see a lot of. Uh, you know, the coaches that you have relationships with, you you, you know, I, I, I try to tell the kid, okay, listen, don't go be the other guy. Be the guy. So don't go to Alabama if you're going to be four string. Right. Go to fucking McNeese State and start and get film, and you still get drafted. Football like players. B.J. Sams, fine. man. B.J. Yeah. Sams is a great player. Out yeah. of, I think he yeah. went to McNeese State. And look at all those guys that went to Troy and all those guys that are in the NFL. So it's not – you don't have to go to those places. Every every place has – a. every kid has a place, I think. Um, there's a place for everyone. And I don't know if uh, – but our kids – they did go to those places because we had the best players in the country. So um, it wasn't easy to play for our, our guys. We had transfer from San Diego State, San Jose State, a couple running backs. Mm -hmm. They didn't even make our redshirt team. Wow. And they started at those four. Those are D1s they started at. Damn. So that's the difference so in talent. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot. I imagine then that it gets – the players that come in that aren't that great or, I mean, the level of competition must be pretty severe then a lot of times at practice and stuff or the beginning of season? 
I'll break it down like this. I'll tell you like this. We had um, 101 kids go D1. 28 of them mm-hmm. never played it down for me. Damn. And uh, we had a we had a D tackle redshirt that signed with South Carolina. So that tells you the talent. So they're going against the best O line in the country every game as our scouts. Mm-hmm. Our, our O line guys that signed Division One that didn't never played for us are going against Emmett Gooden that's at, starting at Tennessee. Yeah, Jermaine Johnson. So those guys are good, but they just weren't quite good enough to play for us. And those guys got scholarships because I'm pushing them out because I'm graduating them so fast. I'm getting them out. So they can go, now go to the four-year and have four years to play three mm. instead of having the red shirt stick around, waste two years. I'm getting them out if I can get them graduated and they have enough film on practice because we film everything. Right. They got practice film going against our guys. Oh, that wow. they, they're, they're signing D1. Yeah, we don't even see that. Um, no. Is there – but how many of the players um, do you keep tabs on after or is it such like a – is there is it such a river of players going by that you're able to really follow up with many or – No, I stay in touch with them, man. You know, uh, I know statistically speaking, I, I, I keep track of all those accolades kind of. Um, I know how many kids I sent on. I know how many kids have, out of those 222 kids, man, 126 of them have earned their bachelors. Uh, 26 of them have earned their masters. Um, well, those the, are things I care about. The show makes it look like half of them can't even fucking read. Uh, they can't. So the, the, the truth of the matter is those guys can't read. And I try to tell these people, these academic so-called professors, um, you know, I was told that a kid told, a guy told me, a professor at Independence when I took the job, I met with the teachers and I told them, these are my expectations. My kids are going to sit in the fucking front row. They're not going to have hats and headgear on. They're not going to play on their cell phone. Coaches are going to be walking to class because they're going to check every single kid. Wow. And uh, so it's an investment. So I'm letting you guys know if anything's different, let me know. So I tried to build a relationship that way. So. It's a couple of weeks into school, and the teachers are like, man, it's the most engaged ever. We've ever had a football program. It's unbelievable, da, da 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 And then there's this guy in the back on his phone. He's a professor. And I go, and he tries to raise his hand. I go, well, first of all, I wouldn't take your hand in my class because you're on your phone. So I'm just, you know, they didn't like me. But uh, he goes, well, Coach, Emmett Gooden can't take notes. He don't know how to take notes. He won't pass my class. I said, well, fuck. Do you think Richard Sherman knew how to catch a football unless he, until I taught him? So, like, people don't realize, like, you got to teach these dudes. Yeah. So I told him, this is what I told him. I said, Emmett Gooden did not turn down Notre Dame to come to Independence. I said, I don't think you fucking turned down Notre Dame either to come to Independence to teach. How about we teach these cats? And uh, that's where there's a chapter in my book called Playing the Game. So I teach these kids how to play the game because academic, the, the academic side of this thing is a game. Is it? And, and I don't believe... This thing isn't built on intellect, man. It's built on, and I mean life. Right. I don't think, I think the kids, if you're good community kids, good hearted kids, you're, you're mean right, you do well. Um, I think it's built on that and how you treat folks. The and, teachers are going to work with you, then you're going to figure it out. Yeah, you sit in the front, you go see the teachers in their office hours, after hours, you, you, you sit in the front. And this is what I tell kids all the time. I said, you know, what? you're going you're gonna to sit in the front row and have a relationship with these teachers. Dress appropriate. Sit in the front. Be engaged. Ask a question. Yeah. Everything I've been teaching these guys since I was been a coach. And the guy in the back on the cell phone, and compared to the guy in the front, when they go talk to the teacher at the end and the teacher sees you, what's one do you, the difference between a B and a C oh, yeah. is Easy. a bubble on the teacher has the, he, the man with the pen at the end wins. Yeah. And so he's so going to favor, favor that B over that C. And right. then if you're in the back, a D or an F, you're right. going to get the F. So I try to tell him it's a you game. You got to play the game. Play the game. So It's almost a little, it's a little bit of that with everything. Everything. You got to play a little bit of the game. It's not who you know, it's what you know in life, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's at least a it's at least a good mix. I screwed that up. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. So that's that's just how it goes. Well, look, man, I fucking love when you screw <laughs> shit up, man. Dude, so many people love your personality, man. It's uh it's almost like it reminds me of it's like Barnum and Bailey kind of like a little <laughs> bit of like the guy that runs the circus, yeah, you know? Yeah, no doubt. Um no but doubt. kind of like kind of like a like I don't want to say like a wig of Barnum and Bailey. And I sometimes we use the term wig in here, but um but yeah, like a uh I'm trying to think about what it is. It's almost like so. Michael Rappaport, good friend of mine. Of course, I saw that he, before uh, I even knew you. He uh, he said I'm the most uh, entertaining guy since Sopranos, and so he's <laughs> like, and that's a made up guy. He goes, you're a real guy, and so you know, you know, Greg Wiley, man, he's a producer. He chose to pick us, you know, for whatever reason. I didn't know why, and I and I said, you know, I but asked the, him one day. I said, why did you pick me for your personality, right? And he goes, you know, you're the most unfiltered guy I've filmed in 20 years. And I said, well. All right. Then why then towards the at the towards the end of the second season they make it look like that's the reason why they don't want or why is it just they had to make a show or do you think they had something against you? Nah, they didn't have nothing against me. Yeah, Greg, so nothing Greg, like that. Yeah, me and Greg have a lot of respect for each other. You know, the thing is, I asked him. I said, you know, at the end of the day, why did you want to come here? And, and he goes, well, this is a, a specific story. And Bobby, it involved Bobby Bruce, the kid on the show. Yeah, and Bobby's very, you really get engaged with him. Yeah, and I, I you know, he's like a son to me. And I said, listen, so I bring him in and I'm ripping his ass. And I, and, uh, and Greg, and they go film him. And right afterwards, he walks down, you know, yeah. moping. And they're, they're like, how do you handle it, Coach Brown? How do you stand for this? Why are you going to show up to practice tomorrow on time? How, why do you continue to show up to everything on time? He goes, because Coach will gut us if we're not there. He goes, yeah, but he just called you a motherfucking whatever. <laughs> he goes, oh, really? He goes, my mom calls me worse than that. And and then he goes, well, Coach Brown called you this, this, and this. He goes, yeah, but he loves me. Yeah. So that kind of, I think, teary-eyed Greg and I think chose him to stay, stick with me because – but I wish that would have been shown more. Right. Uh, now that yeah, you look they, at it. Yeah, they don't show that as much. Yeah. They don't show that as like, um, and that's kind of like what podcasting is. It's like we, you know who people are, and then it's not about everything that they say. What's the most watched thing on social media? Fights. Oh, yeah, fights. They, they don't show the, the doggy being walked. You know what I mean? So everybody wants to. I don't know. Sometimes them cats, bro, they got a one cat pushing a muffin across a um, gymnasium I saw the other day. You talk about cats fighting, though. That's when it really oh, yeah. rubber eats the road. Oh, yeah. Two cats fighting yeah. over a scone. It's yeah, a wrap. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, they want that justification. Sorry to interrupt the episode. Look, I've been accused of a lot of things, but I've never been accused of sexual harassment until now. How often do you think about your socks? Huh? Be honest. And I know some of you cretins out there just love to lock yourself in the back office and smell your own feet and just hold your toes open and just get a big front huff of that hoof smoke. You feel me? If you're like I am, you probably think about your socks a lot. But I recently discovered socks that changed the way I think about my entire existence. And they are Bombas. Bombas are socks that, I mean, they're just so stylish, they're so comfortable. If you walk by a flamingo, they'll start following you if you're wearing Bombas. They love a fancy sock. Sometimes lightning will even strike near you because lightning want to get a look at your feet. Bombas are the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. If you go back to the beginning of feet, you'll see that. They're made from super soft natural cotton, and every pair comes with arch support. 
a seamless toe, and a cushioned footbed that's comfy, but not too thick. They know what they're doing. They're not just aimless socks. With many colors, patterns, lengths, and styles, Bombas look great in the gym, at the office, and out on the town. Ooh, who's the guy with all the flamingos following him? Bombas are what feet daydream about. And for every Bombas purchase you make, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. Buy your Bombas at Bombas, B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Theo. And get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash T-H-E-O for 20% off. B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Theo. Get the Bombas. Get them on your feet. And watch the flamingos flock. Did you start to become more a character character of yourself in the second season? Uh, and I, I don't know if you cannot become more of a character yourself. I mean, I noticed it even on stage and performing. It's like you do a show and you start to then you start to watch yourself, and then it's like, oh well, mm. is this what I you know kind of what I am? Um, nah, like you mean like if I was trying to act a little different? Well, just if you notice at certain times, like okay, right now, like um, yeah, they're filming me, and yeah, I know they're filming me. Um, nah, you see on the show, I don't know if they put it in, but. On one of the episodes, or I think um, they talked about, but I, I ripped the staff out of the coach, or the kids. I bring them in, ripped the coaches and the kids, and I was basically was like, I don't give a fuck about these damn cameras, and then you, you get the fuck out. And and uh, but is we, that how we you really felt though? Yeah, we were losing, and I and you know I think the kids, I knew that our team had gone Hollywood. It, we played ten games last year. We were better than all ten teams by far, athletically. Yeah, it wasn't even close. Garden City played for the national championship last year. That's the team I was formerly at. Yeah, um, we were beating them twenty-one nothing within four minutes. Like that's the team we had, and it wasn't even close. They played East Mississippi for the national championship last year, and uh, that just showed you our. We lost six days out the week, where every other year I've coached, we've won six days out the week. And if you ask what that means, is uh, my teams usually win six days, meaning we don't steal at Walmart. We we handle study hall. We we kill the weight room. We kill practice. We're right, we're good in the community. We treat women right. We didn't have that last year. I cut thirty six kids, fired seven coaches. Um, we had such a bad nucleus of kids and coaches that wanted to be on camera. Right. So you get a lot. Of, yeah, you get a lot of people that want to be Hollywood. We had two hundred kids show up that we didn't know who the hell they were. No prior engagement. And they get there, and we find out, oh, it's fucking because of cameras. Yeah. And oh, we just drove from New York. You better fucking drive your ass back. You're not coming here. Well, they enrolled in classes, unbeknownst to us, prior to them arriving. So the schools there thrive on, they need FTE, which is full-time enrollment. Right. They need that to survive. So they're and loving it. They're loving the enrollment, and they think, oh, the show's going to bring these kids. Well, guess what? Those kids were fucking cancerous as shit because they were horrible. They didn't belong there. Um, player or person. They didn't care. They just wanted to be on camera. And so they're in the dorm with our kids because we all live on campus, those kids. So they're in there just cancering them up. And, you know, it takes one bad apple to ruin a bunch. So, oh, yeah. So that's what happened this year. And so, so you're telling me that's what people, these naysayers, yeah. not to cut you off? Oh, coach can't coach this year. Well, so I just fucking forgot all of a sudden how to coach. Nine and two to two and eight. I mean, okay, I forgot to coach. Talent wasn't much different. Well, why weren't you getting help? Like if there's stuff like that going on – like that there's such a larger element that that's i mean it's something no other coach is gonna have to deal with because you have the cameras there and because you have this attention no the doubt. spotlight and then the first year though we had coaches that were a couple more guys that were at division one programs that were coaching with us for a year now they're back at d1s mm -hmm. those guys were holding them to the fire a little more 
and they, they did what we the, – the one-tongue language that I call it. We all had this one-tongue language in the program. Um, it's, it's, it's our way. You're going to do it or not. This past year, though, we had coaches that wanted to be the kids' friends and that type of shit, right? And, and that don't that don't work. We're not their boy. We don't go to the club with these kids. It's not our buddies. This is, we're 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 trying to mentor you and and uh, mold you into something bigger. Yeah. And these coaches we had didn't weren't, weren't ready for that. Yeah, it's, it seems so remedial there. I mean, it's like is it, the it shows that there's not much for the kids to do. Is there really not much for to be done in that area? I mean, it's very nothing. There's not a close to Starbucks is about an hour. Wow. Um, you got Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is about an hour, 10 minutes north. Yeah, I was just there a couple weeks ago. We were doing some shows. Yeah, actually. and uh, Looney Bin? Uh, no, Kane's Ballroom. Oh, okay. Yeah, we do. I like Tulsa, man. I hung out there a lot. Yeah, Tulsa's nice, huh? Yeah, I like Tulsa. Beautiful place. Uh, can't drive around. Everything's fucking under construction, but um, Yeah, crazy. what are they doing? Huh? I don't know, man. It's been that way since I've been there. But I like Tulsa, man. The Tulsa love me, man. The people there, they, they, they everywhere I go in Tulsa, man, they love me, and it was a good it was a good deal. Would you go up there to meet ladies sometimes? Because they don't show you with the ladies. I mean, they got that lady, Tammy, I think is her name. My boss. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah Did yeah. you guys ever have any? No, hell no, no, hell no. Come man. on, man. Come on, man. You Come on, man. She was like a she was like a father figure and a mother figure all in one, man. She but was, look, she, man. She was a K State Hall of Fame basketball player. Was she really? And uh, she's Olympian, so she's big deal, man. She's in the rafters at K State. Look at nah, that, man. What I'm Every, saying. Everybody that's thought what I'm saying. everybody thought that though. Yeah. Everybody would walk around that town. That town's nine thousand people. Damn. And uh, there's not a nothing's open past eight o'clock at night it's yeah. fuck it's it's unbelievable there's nothing there to eat you know what i mean it's just it's one of those places and she uh me and her were always seen because we got the fuck off campus to deal with other shit yeah and everybody oh yeah they're, they're fucking around and no motherfucker you guys don't get it i've never mixed business with pleasure first of all but dude what i'm saying is you hang out at the salon you're gonna get a haircut you know what i'm saying mm. <laughs> I hear you. I see you got the Joe Dirt thing going. Oh, yeah, look, I hear you. Hey, bro, I had I'm I can having... cut you up, man. You got to get one of my <laughs> shit. <laughs> I got a barber, man. Bro, you ain't got his shit, bro. Hey, I got a barber, man. I you got to you got to go low, brother. What? How low is that, bro? <laughs> I can see your ideas, dog. That shit is fucking low. Um, hey, is what it is. <laughs> what it is, man. In the second season, did you start to you? I know because you, you started to get a lot of fanfare. Are you coaching right now? No, 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 no. I'm just chilling. I bought a house in uh, out in the Inland Empire and mm-hmm. a uh, brand new home from scratch. Got to pick the flooring, the, the whole deal, and uh, and then uh, that's it, man. I got the book tour coming up. I'm gonna go do. Uh, you know, I've been speaking at some high schools. That's gonna start jumping off, and then uh, start speaking around the country and stuff yeah. like that, and doing the speaking engagement deals and. And uh, that's about it, man, figuring out what I want to do. I don't know if I want to coach no more. Really? I don't know if these kids can handle me anymore, these enabled kids, that these parents allow to be enabled. Um, I don't think the kids have changed. The parents have changed over our time, over the years. And, uh, and what do you mean by that when you say that? When we grew up, man, there was no second guessing a coach. Everything was yes, coach, yes, coach, this and that. Now these fuckers all think they know everything. Oh, no, I'm going to do this. No, you're not, motherfucker. Not under my watch. But that's kind of what... But then if you say that, then suddenly like the oh, parents yeah, yeah. are complaining, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. and now you... Nightmare parents, they call them. Yeah. But, you know, it's... Uh, I don't know, man. Maybe, you know, all good things come to an end. I don't know if I'm meant to do this anymore. So it's full circle. When I started playing, I made it professionally. I got cut by the Chiefs. Got cut in NFL Europe. Played Arena League. And uh, What year was that? Uh, shoot. Oh, two, oh, three. Both years of those years. And so... I think who else was quarterbacking around then? Where at? Anywhere. Oh shit! Everybody, the, the guy at the Chiefs was Trent Green. Oh Kurt yeah. Kurt Warner was still playing Rams. Yeah. You know, um, 
that everybody was playing in. Was that Brett Lorenzen? Favre. Did Lorenzen play back then? Or you remember that? Jerry Lorenzen? Yeah. Um, you know, he was at uh, Valdosta State, man, when I was in playing. I played Division Two as well. So we both were Division Two. Oh wow! That's and cool. uh, we were battling for the Harlan Hill Award, which is a D two Heisman. Really, that's wild. And huh? uh, yeah, he was at Valdosta. Played for a coach named Hal Mummy. Yeah, you know Hal that Mummy is. that went down to the Southeastern. And who's a big time Mike Leach? He basically hired Mike Leach. If you don't know, but Hal Mummy, Mike Leach coached for Hal Mummy originally back in the day. Mm. They're kind of the inventors of the spread, open up offense. You know what I mean? But um, he was at Valdosta, man, and. Um, you I guys remember, ever played against each nah, other? Nah, we didn't play against oh. each other. But uh, but everybody knew who he was because he was like 400 pounds at quarterback. You know oh, I mean? yeah. Unfortunately, he passed away, man. Rest in peace. But Yeah, yeah. He was but, sweet. Yeah. I, went, I went to Lexington a couple times, and he would always pop out and say, hey. You know, oh, uh, did you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he was always a really, really yeah, I heard that. kind, kind I man. I heard that. Um, yeah, I was just trying to think of what other quarterbacks played around then. Yeah, it was a lot, man. They were all, they were all still, still around. A lot of the big-name guys, Favs and all them guys. Yeah, we used to go to Farstown and eat mushrooms, dude, back in Kiln, Mississippi. Is that right? We'd go put jerseys on and eat a bunch of fucking mushrooms, dude. Brady was just getting going, you know what I mean? Yeah. Drew, Drew Bledsoe had just given it up, and Brady was taking over, and they were starting to win Super Bowls already, you know. We're the same age, so, you know, he's a Northern California guy. Um, did you ever play against him? Nah, no, not not nothing but you preseason ever, game. You did? Mm-hmm. Who won? Uh, we actually won, but I didn't play at the same time as he did. You know, he's a starter. I was a fucking practice squad guy but you had something to do with it i bet yeah so you know it was good it was good time you know what I mean? do you ever play against any real heaters out there nah you know uh remember julius peppers yeah so he, he played he, for he, north carolina he played for uh yeah, carolina right? north carolina yeah. and carolina panthers he lit me up in a preseason game um he shouldn't have fucking been in when i was in i was fucking thirsting line you know what i mean but uh you know it is what it is I love all, Shit. you always have the best explanations but, for everything you know, uh, that make none of it your fault yeah always. no doubt <laughs> <laughs> that's how it is man it's the best that's the best is part of a head coach's job to make it not their fault no matter what no i, t- I take responsibility man I'm, i tell everybody man the kids and the coaches are responsible uh but i'm accountable and there's a huge difference and I'm accountable for the entire gamut, uh, you know, 30 administrative people, trainers, coaches, um, football operations people. And then I got 200 kids, you know what I mean? So, which are all like my kids. Yeah. So, um, I'm accountable, man. And, and if people, people don't realize, but people ask like, okay, Joe Paterno didn't know bullshit. You're the head coach. You know every fucking thing, right? So you have to know everything. I know everything because it seems like yeah. You're sometimes it's like, uh, or just from the show's perce- perception, it's like, um, yeah, you're always in everybody's ass. It mm-hmm. seems like right, and that's because. But I guess you have to be. You have to know what's going on if you're going to be the one who no has to be accountable. My thing was, I don't want to get a call from the cops, and you didn't tell me first, coach, assistant coach. I should know every fucking thing before it happens because you guys are in them dorms. You know what's going on. If you if you have any relationship with your players, you know exactly where the motherfuckers are, and that's how I was as an assistant. My kids didn't weren't getting in trouble, and as a head coach or an, the number one job of an assistant coach is to protect the head coach. One, the second most important thing is don't let shit get put on the head coach's desk, and. Those are two things that I never allowed as an assistant, and I, and I try to teach those assistants. If you want to get a big-time job, that's what you got to do. And, uh, and it comes off, okay, if I'm hate me now, love me later when I get you the job. Because at the end of the day, man, you know, it's a results-oriented business, and that's what's in that book. And you win the game or you lose it, man. There's no gray area in football. Last time I checked, they fucking check score. Yeah. And uh, the kids graduate or they don't. They get a scholarship or they don't. Those things come on me. And 
Last I checked, the assistant coach doesn't have a win-loss next to their record on the resume. So do you think you played the game of get? It sounds like you played the game of getting kids to the next level yep. pretty well, yep. right? Yep. No it sounds doubt. like that game you played pretty well. If you, you know, if you look back on your years, if and even if you look back on the show, I mean, even though it's kind of like a, that's kind of a selective mm-hmm. interpretation, what do you think you could have done better or differently or, you know? Shit, man. Um, there has to be something, man. There's a lot of stuff, man, probably. Little things, you know. Um, I would have loved to have hired an offensive coordinator. Right, as you see. Yeah, yeah. We didn't have the money, so it was like it wasn't in my hands to do. And did you take a bigger salary? Was there a reason you guys didn't have the money? Like, would there have been? No, I, I got raises here and there, and I got it up there, you know, pretty pretty high, and it was decent stuff for me. But I got my offensive line coach really high, my D coordinator really high. The one yeah. that's on the show He's living great. in the dorms. Is he a neat guy? Yeah, I, I've, I've known his older brother for a long time. Martin, is that what it was? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, his wife, I guess, tried to bash me, which just comes off pretty fucking unappreciative. But yeah. I got her an AA degree for free. But fuck me, right? Um, <laughs> and so, and also, I didn't hold them guys hostage by any fucking... They had a plenty of opportunity to go get an apartment in town. Yeah. They made enough coin. Yeah. Um, but they chose to do that. But I guess the show shows them, like, I'm the fucking devil, and I kept them there or something. But, um, but I knew his older brother for a long time. And, you know, they should talk about me firing him and all that. I did fire him, but nobody knows why because they didn't know what he did, and he, he admitted what he did. And um, and I hired him back because I love the kid. I, I know his older brother. Yeah. Um, you know, we kind of grew He's from Pasadena, um, Juco guys. And uh, and so, you know, I just I, it came off from his wife kind of unappreciative, in my opinion, what we did for him because yeah. he was like the second or third highest paid D coordinator in our league. Um, he could have went and got an apartment. But uh, they don't show those things. You they know don't what I mean? that. Mm-hmm. Do you feel unappreciated? Uh, I'm not going to cry over spilled milk. No, of you course not. I mean, I, mean uh, I will, dude. Look, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I've it, cried a couple times in this podcast, but um, <laughs> yeah, look. I, I, I'm not going to, man. You know, the town, would you know who were Independence, Kansas was if the fucking show didn't come there? No. Nobody would. And and you wouldn't know any of those kids. And probably 17 coaches don't go Division One, And there probably isn't $3 million brought into that town because of Netflix. And yeah. So I guess in that regard, yeah. Um, we got a f- question that came in right here from, um, cause we have video questions okay. that came in. Let's hear yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. And this one's related to about the town's attitude. And that's not me in a disguise, even though me and that guy have a very similar nose. <laughs> no doubt. Yo, what's up, Theo? Gang, gang, gang. Coach Brown, just wondering, how did the people in Independence, Kansas, Kansas treat you? Do you think that they were racist? Not towards you, obviously, but I feel like they didn't like the football team. Do you think that any of that had to do with race? Thanks, Theo. Gang, gang. Gang, bro. Is that guy stealing a bulldozer? Uh, I didn't feel that at all. I didn't feel like there was any racial tension, really. I think there might have been some undertones. There might have been some underlying stuff. I mean, yeah, that's They're just used- in the history books. So I think that's, I don't, yeah. did you feel we didn't like face any. We right. didn't face any. The, it, the town people that I'm, that I, we, I love the people there. There's the, yeah. the, the hatred that I took from there, there's a select few guys. Yeah. And most people there love me. And we, and, and we had, we got along great, man. It was great people there. There's these pseudo guys that make these pseudo names up. So Freddie's really Johnny and Freddie and Bobby. Yeah, yeah. And he comes up with three names, and he's now from Arizona, but he's right there. Right. And he makes up these names, so the percentage goes up in hate. Right. Um, and especially if they're the ones talking more, then it looks talk- like it's 50%. percent oh, even Johnny, Freddie, people. And, yeah. yeah. And it wasn't that way. Um, but, you know, this is the thing to answer his question. So, you know, the Jayhawk Conference in Kansas and the Mississippi League, where you kind of are from, Mississippi only has eight out-of-staters allowed. 
but Mississippi is more of a predominantly black state. Yeah, yeah. Kansas probably white state. Yeah. Um, we only had 20 out-of-staters allowed when I got the job. That rule changed sem- seemingly overnight. So we became an unlimited out-of-state state uh, in junior so college. So you could bring in as many as you wanted. So, of course, nobody's going to recruit Kansas no more because Kansas high school football is not very good. Not to bash them, but they don't have the legislature in place to allow those kids to thrive. They don't. As soon as football season's over, you cannot have a football out again. You go right into wrestling, track, basketball. We're in California, Georgia, Florida, Texas. Football season ends after Christmas. You can pick up a football again, and you're football training again 24-7. I see. Everybody's a lot more trained, a lot more acclimated. That's at the high school level? High school level. Yeah, yeah. So Kansas is behind the times in that regard. So I was hoping the out-of-state rule, optimistically speaking, changed the entire legislature from the high schools. It hasn't yet. Hopefully it will. But but, but then it keeps probably keeps sports like wrestling and stuff big in those areas. It does. It does. But to answer his question, I think there's some hidden – Racial agendas because of the fact, okay, now we were Kansas, predominant Kansas uh, eight-team league, and now it's become out of state. Our Kansans aren't playing anymore. I see. And now there's, there, was some, you know, there was some spite, I think, and some hatred. Um, but we didn't really see it. My coaches didn't really see it. Um, yeah. But and, not from the local people, though. You nah, didn't feel like we that. Didn't, we didn't have that feel. There was no tension that way. You think there might be some underlying stuff that's like, yeah, because it's like I, they almost might need to make some legislation to even just keep white people in sports at some point. No doubt. No you doubt. Know? And Bill Wait, Burr. Yeah. But, you know, they, they come to me and talk about, uh, I think they more took it out on me. Like, let's get this fucker out of here so these fuckers, these, oh, these, these freaks of nature won't be here no more. We can go back to having, you know, fucking John Deere here. Well, they must have been upset, though, uh, the townspeople. Were they upset about the show? Because I could see if it brings in a lot of knuckleheads, like you're saying, into this campus that you don't even see on the show. Yep, that are yep. just uh, maybe in the community. Ho- hopeful football players, like mm-hmm. guys who got you know locked out mm-hmm. of D7, you mm-hmm. know, who are homeschool football team, you know. <laughs> yep, yep. yep. Um, you know, they... Because they're just milling around town then. I mean, was there yeah. a lot of people just milling around town? Probably, but, you know, that's why I always had a relationship with every manager that owned a place in that town. Walmart. Uh you know, all the restaurants. So if any football player, which is going to be a black kid in their, in their mind, so that's why I taught, go to the corner store and buy a black and mild. Right. And if the 35-year-old black guy's in the store, guess who fucking did it? Football player. Right. And that's the fucking, that's the, we get that black eye. Um, unfortunately, and I taught those kids, man, they don't give a shit about you. So don't get caught up. Don't be stupid. Don't be in the store. Don't go to Walmart and steal. And that was big before I got the job. We didn't have that issue. I never had a kid arrested. I never had any domestic violence charges. We never had any issues. And uh, I let those managers know. They would call me if there was any concern or people disrespectful. I didn't allow that shit. And I'd cut them quick. So the town's folks knew that discipline was there before, that was since I was there. They know it was tenfold from when I was there. They, they were rape, robbing and pillaging before. Oh, I before got you there. got there. Mm-hmm. So you felt like you definitely really tightened a lot of. Oh that yeah, up. we tightened it up, and they weren't gonna they weren't gonna free for all run around that town. And you cut the kids, cut them, quick. and would you do Get it? them out of there? Oh yeah, oh, we cut hundreds. Is so, it fun to cut them sometimes? Hell yeah, it's fun to cut them fuckers. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah awesome. trim the trim the fat. Yeah, yeah trim the fat. You got to cut the, the cancer. Fat. My dad died of cancer, man. I told him, I said, "Fuck, I'm not gonna have that shit around. You better get the fuck. You better." Shit or get off the pot, man. Yeah. So, did um, you get lonesome in the town? Yeah. You know, was, man, we worked twenty hours a day. Yeah. People don't realize we worked. We were there, uh, you know, um, burning midnight oil, man. And, and uh, we were tough. We had we had, we, we had weights at five. That means my staff was there at four to get the damn thing ready. And, and really, uh, were you there too, or just the staffs there? You get to show up a no, little later. I showed up a little later. Um, 
for the fact that I did all that shit for 20 years. Right. No, I get it. I yeah, painted I fields it. and all that. It's their time to fucking figure it out. They yeah. didn't. They were going to get fired. And that's just the results-oriented. Um, but I also did everything else. Like, I was there. I'm, my thing is, if you're going to be a leader, you're going to show it. You're not going to talk it. So everything that we did, I did, obviously. Um, but certain things like that, um, I believe uh, head coaches, be, they've earned the right to sleep in an extra 20 minutes. I agree um, with you. But, you know, those things, those those type of things happen. And uh and then we were there till midnight, man, and we we, we were curfew checking them at eleven thirty p.m., getting right back up at four. So I mean, you know, we're there all day with them, class checking them, dorm checking them, make sure they're not smoking and stealing and doing any stupid things. And and unfortunately, last year we had more of that than any any year I've ever been a, uh, as a coach. And well, it so, seems like you said, like you know, you had kind of control over that. Then what made it go so haywire last year? The the cameras. Really? You know, yeah, it's just nucleus, bad nucleus. Um, and did it? Do you feel like you could going back on it? Would you have done anything different to like from the top down? Like this is how it is. You know what? I don't know. I think it might have been inevitable, man. I don't know if you could have changed that. I don't know if anybody could have came in there and did anything different. Um, I wasn't going to change up anything because my model's always been successful. So why would it change all of a sudden? But we did still have you the best change players. Your thing? I don't think I changed. I think. Because the ego is dangerous, man. I noticed from my own mm -hmm. ego, you know, like my yeah. career has changed a lot. I've worked for 15 years and in the past mm -hmm. year, it's really gotten a lot different. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's tough for me. You know, I'm tough. Sometimes I've been, we've gone through stuff here with working with my producer. It's been tough for me to learn to work with others, but it's been mm -hmm. tough for me to learn who I am as I'm becoming more sure. of a, I have to be more responsible yeah. and stuff. You know, it's. We all grow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's been, it's been tough for me. I've had a lot of struggles with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and sometimes it's my own ego. Sometimes it's in, in insecurity. You know, it's a little bit of everything you know i think football coaches especially head coaches are probably the most egotistical humans on earth i think football players are the most egotistical people on earth and i think that's where you get the head butted uh head butting going on uh but i don't think i changed i think as the year went on you can see my boss made a comment the other day you can see in the show because she watched it you could see on the show how you just were like give me the fuck over this year because you didn't want to be around those kids, those coaches, nothing. And, and I didn't. And that's why I, I was I, week five, to be honest with you, I was thinking about what I'm doing different next year mm. already. And I, I already had the plan. I was doing it every night till midnight or two in the morning, three in the morning in my office building this year's team. And is that because if, if you don't win that year, if you don't get to that hot, like if you're not undefeated, then it doesn't really matter or what is – Nah, just that I knew this. The, I knew the, the the nucleus we had, and it was just a bad batch, man. Bad batch from top to bottom, and I knew I was starting over, and we're, I was going to gut this thing, and we were going to get back to the basics. And character first was what the what I was changing. So I had character first wrapped everywhere on the, in the facility, and that was going to happen. And that's um, so that kid, that German kid that I that I hired, that that whole issue <coughs> happened with. I hired him to be a, a yeah. graphic design guy, and he was a manager. Came from you know overseas, came out there, and uh, I got him a job on campus. Fed him every day. I said, "Listen, if you can help me wrap this facility, get it nice, I'll let you be on the team. You'll never play, mm -hmm. but I'll let you be on the team." It'll what do you want? What was he going to be on the team? A soccer player? I don't know what he would have been. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you know, he he uh, he did a good job, and I let him in. He helped me wrap that thing, getting all of that going. Yeah, I but, will say that a lot of stuff looked good. Yeah, so you know that place was bad when I got there, man. It was you don't even know. We I built everything with these, man, and that's the most rewarding thing. I think the blood, sweat, and tears you put in, and when you win it, and and that's the most rewarding deal in in in, in anything. But 
Um, yeah, he kind of did. He backstab you a little bit. I didn't think it was that bad. Texting you, calling my buddy Hitler, that doesn't mean anything to me. It's like I don't give a fuck. It's like it's a joke between friends, and it's a fucking. He called himself that, yeah. And that's when he got there. He did that, and and the team called him that. Everybody called him that word. And yeah, digital Hitler. I think is one of his screen names. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. He had he had the Beinkopf book. He'd walk around with. Um, oh, damn, right. He did. He did. He, yeah, he did a lot of that. It's all gonna come out, man. The truth. And and the thing is, man, he did a lot of that stuff, and. uh the kids were going to kill him, man, after the whole deal. And even though I'm getting investigated, I'm having to protect that kid from getting killed by the players. And people don't know that. And, uh, you know, well, the I, I hired the matter for it because they were trying to fire me over it. And oh, so, and yeah, the, the players yeah. wanted you there. Yeah, and they were like, motherfucker, you, your ass calls yourself that. Now you want some 15 minutes of fame? Right. And he, you see in the show, I guess, Greg, I thought, depicted it right. You know, you see us. They're all kids are calling him that. I'm calling him that on oh, the yeah. field in the office. He's laughing and giggling because he knew. And you see these text messages that were put in there. They're they're stuff scratched out. Yeah. On the media, there's some stuff missing that's unbelievable. And how people take your opinion and run with their own opinion and run with. Well, it. Also, the, it's a text message between two people. Who gives a shit? If I say say Nick and I'm look, I'm sorry if I'm being a Hitler today. Or you well, know, what let I'm me saying? let me ask you this. Did you know mm-hmm. this? Our my boss, the president of the college, mm-hmm. was from of a Jewish descent. Who har- uh, Barnwood? Barnwood, yeah, I, I knew that. So he's up there saying these things in the academic building. I get wind of it. I bring him in the office. I suspend him. He also, I had a huge issue he, with him and females. Females were coming to me left and right like he's super scary to them. Yeah, and he's creepy. Oh, and dude, he, he made my fucking room. ovaries hurt a little, and I don't even. And I got a cock. You feel me? <laughs> so, so he he's, he's breaking. Little. He's breaking into the weight room, yeah. man. And, and the, Bro, this sounds like Selena. This sounds like the person that killed Selena. Ah, fuck, man. I'm just telling you. Why man. didn't you let that guy go then? At some point. <laughs> well, man. I did. I, I suspended the guy, and I cut. I said, "You're done here." <laughs> he immediately goes from there to the fucking academic building and doing like the march and shit. Oh. And the teachers hit call me. And that's when I sent out the text. And I was really doing it as a joke to say, listen, I'm trying to help your save your ass, but I'm your new boss, basically. Get your ass over here and see me because you're not going to do that shit under my watch, under my program, and make us look bad as a f- football program. Did so bo- that's why I regret that. I right. regret doing that way um, because obviously nowadays with the soft-natured people that we live in this culture, society, they want to get 15 minutes of fame and they're going to blast you out. And, the, and I don't blame the kids, man. I don't blame the kid. Um you don't I blame, blame him? I don't blame him. I, I blame the cowardly grown folks that pushed it. Um, I get the kid a job on campus. It's the guy that employed him that pushed this. Right. And it's a jam- it's ridiculous because he Not the principal, huh? Not the president. Not nah. the president. Because nope, nope. the president seemed to kind of, uh, he doesn't comment on it in the show, but it, yeah. yeah, I mean, I knew that he was Jewish or he seemed like it, you yeah, know, yeah, and yeah. then, and, but then I was like, oh, if he didn't really comment on it, then, and then he... You know, like, I don't know if anybody... Cause nobody cares. Nobody... Re- here's the thing. Nobody really cares about any of this shit. Nobody It's does. like people write articles and then people that are bored. If I wasn't a public figure, I'm still there. Nobody gives a fuck. The thing is, the president If you came were in, winning, do you think that anybody would have cared? This is the thing. They hadn't won in 30 years. Year one, we went in there. We beat four teams that we, they haven't beaten in 30 years. Yeah. We beat them. Oh, they got a picture of uh, the Independence Football team from like 25 years ago and half of them have won ice skates, dude. <laughs> Fucking shitty squad, bro. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. So... We go five and four year one. Yeah, what I'm at a catcher's mitt on. I'm like, <laughs> no damn, shit. What is that, dude? No shit. But five and four year one. Yeah. I mean, unheard of. So like, okay, shit. Next year we win it. Like, then we then I have one bad year, and that's that's not. I wasn't worried about. I, I was like, I'm never gonna fire for a bad year after what we've done here in right. three years. So that's why year week five I was prepping for this year. Right. And I was already 
gutting it, getting ready for the program. Because um, I think we would have won it all this year. We had a great staff I hired, the best recruiting class in my three years there. So it had even been better. And so, so going back, this happens. what could you have done different, do you think, if you were looking back on it? I mean, what? Um, man, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes... Sometimes things are supposed to go the way they go, man. Yeah. I don't know if you can change something. Uh, you know, I didn't do anything different. It was, you know, the cameras didn't bother me. It was they bothered other guys. Um, but I, this is the one thing I'll tell you, which might sound like jokingly, uh, as a joke. I'll never hire these young fucking coaches again. So maybe I'll have a staff of fucking eighty year olds next time I get a job because those guys know the the intimate setting of a locker room. And when we grew up in football, football locker room was the most intimate setting, period. Now it's a mockery. It's a place where kids want to film you cussing out the team because Johnny stole at Walmart. You're cussing out the guy and the team for making an example of everybody. So you better not do it or this guy, you're going to do end up like him, cut, or in jail. And uh, they want to film you on the low and right. put it on social media and, and even coaches, young coaches. I'm just like, where does this become? Everybody's trying that's, to get their clout. And that's what's kind of... Gave me a sour taste in coaching. Maybe I don't want to do this no more if it's become such a spectacle. Well, there's so many battles it seems like you have to face. Not only are you trying to keep these, I mean, and you're also, you're at the, you're like a second, you're, you know, you're at the, father. You're yeah, you're a father, but you're also, you're the tent behind the big circus. It's like, <laughs> this is where the animals, no you know, yeah. they got animals doing cigarettes out here. You know what I'm saying? Half the guy, you this, know. This where we, this is where all the shit's done and you don't, they don't show it. Like, you know, there's a lot of things under the, you know, you get drugged through the mud back there. They just show the good shit, you know, dumping water on me when we win it all. Like, you don't know what we had to go through to win that thing. You know what I mean? And uh, it's not like it's a 20-minute ride from, from, in California, Juco, you're taking 20-minute bus rides. You know, we're going to, to Garden City seven hours across the state or to Iowa or whatever. And, uh, you know, you got to deal with those kids in hotels overnight, you know? Yeah. You know? Oh, I'm sure, especially with social media now, everybody's trying to fuck each other and all of this yeah, shit. It's a, yeah, it's a it's a joke, man. It's become. Really oh, you could fuck somebody at a truck stop. You know what I'm saying? If you got to fill, if you filling up a, a 30 gallon tank, you'd have time. You know what I'm saying? It's like these days, it's so easy to just yeah. cross paths with someone. Go to AMPM or whatever. Yeah. Um. Do you uh do you wish you were still in at Independence? Uh. Not how it ended. No, because I just don't. I feel the course had ran its, you know, the time ran its course. I think it was done. Um, it was time to move on. All good things come to an end. I built that place, man. I mean, there's a brand new turf field there, state of the art, um, locker rooms, yeah, meeting rooms, nice. you yeah. name it. We, I did it, and uh, Some, so I missed that part of it because I know what we were gonna have. It would have been the premier place in America. There's no doubt about it. Um, but at the same time, man, if I've never kissed anyone's ass, man. If you don't want me there, I'm fucking leaving on my own. You don't got to beg me to leave. Um, and you don't have to force me out. I'm leaving on my own. And uh, that's just how I was raised, man. And so if you don't want me, I don't want to be here either. And for the most part, I was wanted by everybody. You know, 99% of that town wanted me there, man. I get a lot of love emails from them people to this day in Independence, man. And um, I love my time there. You know, to be honest, small town and all that, but it was fine with me. I was there to do a job, uh, which was to help young boys turn into men. And we did that. To, we excelled, and we did it better than anybody in the country. And so we we put our we put our footprints in the sand, man, so to speak. And we set history, made history there, and um, and now maybe it's something uh, it's a new new venture to to be had. Um, what are you missing right now about coaching? The interaction with the kids. You know what I mean? Recruiting and, and getting those kids uh, finding the next Emmett Gooden or Raheem Boyd or Malik Henry. 
and uh, trying to save one of them because you can't save them all. So my whole thing is save one of them, man, because uh, I try to tell these young coaches, you try to save them all, you're going to spread yourself too thin and be super, super heartbroken at the end of the day. I learned that as a young coach. And, Did you? Yeah, and so you know now you just try to pick one and save that one kid, and uh, hopefully we save more than that, uh, obviously, but um, that's that's my goal. And so hope, you know, I missed that part of it, trying to find a guy to save again. And, uh, you know, help these young cats out. Some of these other uh, – when teams were playing you guys in your conference last season, were a lot of the – were people more uh, trying to beat you or trying to beat that team? Me. Really? They hated me. They hated me. They hated you, huh? They hated me in California when I was here because I beat everybody's ass and I recruited everybody. <laughs> why, why, you know, that's how it goes. Why do, they, why do they hate you everywhere you go? <laughs> hate me now, love me later, man, I guess. Uh, you know, man, do you think uh, people love Nick Saban? That play against them? You know what's funny is? I hate Nick Saban, but I respect him more than any other coach. That's what I'm saying. So those coaches don't like Nick Saban. He he runs this. That's his shit. SEC is his league. It ain't fucking. Yeah. Well, the whole NCAA, it ain't a league. It's his league. It's, it's Saban, everybody playing for second. Now. It's, Saban, it's Saban's conference. You yeah. know what I mean? And uh, and those kids, those coaches don't want that. They're fucking trying to beat him. And so remember, everybody was on the TV show, a national Netflix last year. So every team we got, whether they were shitty or good, we got them times 10. They were on steroids. Yeah. And everybody wanted to beat us on film, on camera. And uh, and I'll try and tell our guys, man, you don't understand. You're playing a team that's shitty, and they're rising to – they're rising 10 times up over yeah. the over they the ri- They're yeah. rising out the toilet right now. They want to beat your ass, man, on, on Netflix. They're not going to lose on Netflix. They did last year. We beat everybody on Netflix last year. Everybody's pissed. We're talking shit and – was they the show coming? Was the show going to come back for a third season? Possibly, I, but I, not definitely. Not definitely. I wasn't told they would, um, but there was probably a big time chance because I don't know. I've been told I'm not going to say names, but I've been told that they're going to have a hard time replacing me on there, um, just because well, yeah. of the polarization. I guess uh, not to boast, but I don't. I think they're having a, time, a hard time finding somebody now. And yeah, then, dude. and then, how many coaches are going to now that they see that? stuff coming out and uh how i how i'm portrayed because a lot of these coaches even in those jucos know me they know that ain't the real me like they're like fuck you got fucked over they're not going to probably accept it too because you're gonna do this to me you know what i mean right so they probably have that battle too so it could have been easier deal just to follow me and keep fucking me yeah Uh, yeah because it seemed like they went two seasons and from what i heard they were gonna they weren't sure until the last minute if they were gonna switch to a different school yeah and then um Mm -hmm. and i've worked in uh you know unscripted program before and it's like yeah you never really know until like i mean until a couple weeks before the camera starts rolling they can make a a different call until it's greenlit and i kind of feel like the story i mean there would have been a chance for like a comeback season maybe but after that i couldn't see how they would go more than and to be honest man i didn't want to end that year on the loot two and eight you know what i mean yeah you guys got fucked e- and you know we God. lost four games by one two games by three Damn. like those games we lost and then we get blown out by the worst team in the league and that was because it had hit it the, the nucleus had settled in and it was like ah fuck we're done um so. what was wrong with the quarterback that uh because it starts uh jay jones yeah jay jones what was wrong with him was he just often injured injuries um i don't know how mentally tough he was um i think he had other ulterior motives as far as maybe i think he was already looking forward to maybe 
you know, he had girlfriend back home. I think he was homesick. I think he thought it was maybe beneath him. He was a great kid. I think great hearted kid. Yeah, he seemed uh, like he good has parents. A great heart. Good parents, man. Um, raised him right. I just think he. Uh, I think he was there, and that's out of his. It was out of his league, and he was just like ah. Uh, and uh, you know, I brought in some good backup guys. Uh, one was a true freshman that was. I didn't want to play this year. Had to. Um, but was people, that Chase? Chase? No. No, nah, it was a kid named AJ Wright, the third guy. Oh yeah, with the long tall, hair, tall, tall, six, Dude, six. Way too much hair on that kid. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, he, bro. He's the a hair to human body ratio. <laughs> it's a. Un, un, it's not a unique. It's a very unique amount. That's he, what I'll say. He he he. Uh, he's going to be special, and uh, didn't want to throw him in the fire like that fast. So you know the backup comes in that first game and rips it. Throws right. for like three hundred yards, three touchdowns, and shit. So we start him the next game. And he looks like shit. Yeah. And we're down 35, nothing and a half. We come back, storming back, should have won the game. Put in AJ. He rips it, come back. Then he gets torn Lambrum at practice. Oh. Then Ch- we go back to Chase. And uh, you guys were running back. for that all season, it looked like. And then we're back to Then we're trying to play a fourth quarterback. So people don't realize, yeah, you're two and eight, too. But so you know, we had 22 offensive line changeups, meaning there's so many injuries. We've had to swap. Left tackle had to play right. Center had to play guard. We had so many injuries. Why so many injuries? <sighs> Just one of those deals. One of the things is we ne- we're the only league team in the league didn't have a turf field. So when I got that done and got that donated and got that going, um, we were still practicing the whole entire season on a basically rock field. And we had, just so you know, we had six ACL blowouts during the season in practice. Mm. We just didn't have the facilities. Damn. People don't realize. Uh, Somebody that, should open up an ACL factor around the corner, dude. People didn't know what we've dealt with, man. Broken ankles. You don't understand. Then we get the turf field for the last game of the season. Mm. Like fuck, it's a little late. So that's why I was looking forward to this year because we had all the new things. Uh, so. Yeah, to get to play with all the new toys. Yeah, Malik. Uh, you guys brought Malik back in. Was it just out of necessity, really? No, it was to save his life. So I brought him back. Um, known the kid a long time since we shared the same mentor. Uh, my junior college head coach it was also his quarterback coach, and so I've known him a long time since a little kid. His dad, um, you know, he he didn't get anything because of the show, probably the bad light. Um, and then uh, we brought him back, and I told him, I said, listen, you'll be a practice squad quarterback. Yeah. And I said, uh, right now, because this wasn't your team, that's not the talent set that's built around you. The first year's talent was about around him. We could we could play action, RPO, right. hand the football off. But he could throw wasn't. it to great wide receivers. He had the best O-line in the country, and this team wasn't built that way. We were going to run more option with Jay, um, spread it out, be more uh, – Play faster, but those you, things. When you brought him back in, what did you tell him? I mean, did you reach That's out what to I him? That's I told him. After the before, season started? Before, no, before, you know, I was done. He, he graduated. We were trying to get him a scholarship. He had three years to play Division One, So we were trying to get him marketed, get him out of there. And a, lot, a lot of people didn't want to mess with him. Um, so I said, listen, I, I told my players and coaches, I said, listen, he, he can't come back and do anything. He can't shit on himself or he's done. He'll never play again. He came back and did a great job for us. Like practice squad, he did a hell of a job at practice for our defense. Um, he did all those things. Um, but so at a necessity, he had to play. And we were down to nobody. And he ripped it against Garden City, and we should have won the game. Probably should have threw the ball every down. He would have probably threw for 1,000 yards. I don't know. He's that good. Yeah. Um, but we uh, the next game, we, we start him. We get blown out because it wasn't him. It was the team. And, and his attitude went to shit then? It, not really. It was just a matter of this isn't. This is. I've already losing the team now. I'm losing the team, 
And Malik wasn't here in the beginning. He wasn't here all spring, battling in, in the snow and fighting in, 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 in weight room and running. And, and I just felt it wasn't fair to the kids. And so the truth of the matter is I, I, cut, I told him, I said, listen, man, no hard feelings. You know the deal. This ain't for you. This ain't your team. This, ain't, this team's not built around your skill set. And uh, and I'm losing the team, and he's like, Coach, I get it. Now that's a simple conversation. He continued to practice with us, and people don't they didn't show really that. And uh, and so now he's starting in Nevada. He got named the starter today. Nice, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, mm-hmm. that's pretty so, cool. Do you feel yeah. good about that? Yeah, he's you know, he'll rip it, man. They throw the ball all over the place. He'll dominate that league, and yeah, he'll get drafted if he if he's if he's uh, if he stays the course. Now, what about they had another kid on the show, a, uh, a uh, Adrian? No, the the kid. He's like he, he was defensive guy number six, Kalen Davis. Yeah, it seemed like he couldn't even write or anything. Kalen, man, he could, but he huge personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah extremely yeah. fun no, to watch. Yeah, yeah. Great fun kid. to be around. Greatest kid. Yes, man. he uh, sister died on him. His brother died on him oh. during the time at my place. And so I kept him from leaving because I knew if he went back home, he would be, yeah, wouldn't be good. nothing good. And I said, listen, man, you're going to save your mom's life eventually. You have to graduate and get this done. And he struggled in class, obviously, and uh, got him graduated. Man, he's at Arkansas State now, and uh, he'll have a chance to prolong his career and make some money and maybe help his mom out, man. They come from a bad, poor background. And, uh, Is he a good player? Louisiana. Yeah, good player, man. For his, uh, for, He's a tweener, and that's why he probably didn't go big time. Ah. He's a tweener. We don't know if he's an outside linebacker or a DN. That's kind of uh, great now, though. Yeah. So Arizona, Dallas schools came in on him late, and uh, he's like, man, I'm going to go to Arkansas State. They he's from Louisiana? Me. Louisiana, yep. yep. Oh, wow. So was Del- we had a lot of Louisiana kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got some other video questions that came in. Yeah, and I had a question about uh, Malik's dad. They interviewed him a lot in season three. What did you have a relationship with him? Because like to me, it s- seemed like he just showed up in high school when Malik started getting some recognition, and like he seemed like a well-spoken dude, but I I didn't trust him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I've known him. I've known him a long time. Uh, like I said, we share the same mentor, me and Malik, and. Uh, I've known his dad, Marcel, a long time. So, yeah, he, he he was around. You know what I mean? Him and his mom got a divorce, I believe, and they were kind of back and forth. So that always makes it tougher that people don't get to see. So they had their own personal deals that probably were struggling. It was probably hard for him to be around Malik. Um, so I don't know the whole, in totality, that whole deal, family-wise. But, um, nah, he came to every game at, at Independence. Do he, a lot, he flew in every game. Do a lot of parents start to mill around whenever the kids are doing well? Do you see a lot of that? or Nah, I didn't allow really? it on the camp. I didn't allow it. It was a different deal because he was out com- coming from California and flew in every week. You wouldn't have that from normal parents coming in every game to a junior college game. It was on YouTube, so kids would watch. Your parents would watch it from home or whatever. We had so many kids from so many places. Yeah, but uh, he would come to every game, and you know, I let him be on the sideline during the game, not on the side, but back. But he was there, and he supported him. He supported the hell out of him the whole time that he was there with me, and so it was it was a good deal. But now I'm sure he'll be at Nevada games. You seem like a guy that has like a chip on his shoulder, you know, which mm-hmm. I think is uh, I think you like if you want to be a guy who survives and achieves and things in this world, it can often be great. You know, I feel like a lot of my life I've been that way. Mm-hmm. Where do you think some of that comes from for you? You know, just being told I couldn't do it forever. Um, there's nothing greater pleasure in life, man, than doing something that was told that you cannot do, um, you know, and that's 
I wasn't supposed to take an independent job. You can't do nothing there. You're not going to win. They haven't sent a kid D1 in five years, and they haven't won a game in 10. But what about when you were young? I mean, no. And, that, and then that's him back from, you know, he's the only white boy in Compton. You ain't going to survive. Oh, you know? yeah. Those type of things. Oh, I'd have shot uh, you. If I, dude, yeah. yeah. So, you know, yeah. Because you know? you know? we'd have been competition. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Right> <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. You'd have to shave your head, though. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I had, you know, I was raised by a, a big time, uh, you know, guy in the drug business. You know what I mean? And I was raised by guys like that and uh, street guys. And, and I could have easily been in the dope game. But I was like, nah, I'm going to be a leader, not a follower. That's my thing, teaching these kids. Don't don't go left. Go right at the stop sign. Because guys will follow you regardless. Yeah. Um, and so I preached that. So, you know, I was like, I ain't going to be a leader. I ain't going to smoke weed and sell dope. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play sports and, and try to affect some young men's lives. And so that's what I chose to do. Um. Back to the to the thought about like when as the second season comes on, they gotta have some ladies hitting you up, man. Yeah, they did, man. It was crazy, man. They did had, you get out to Tulsa and meet some ladies? What nah, happened with somebody's murders? I didn't meet anyone, man. Come on, I, I, I'm telling man. you, I, I had no time, man. I shit, you oh, know, you gotta make a little time, baby. man. You know, it, it it's crazy. People that know coaching, you're there, you're there coaching the season. Obviously, it's twenty four seven. As soon as the season ends, man, you're you're taking your staff, you're splitting it up, and you're you've you've created this recruiting database, and you've created this plan. Now we're 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 eight to ten guys on the road from the end of the season till Christmas break, and so and we're everywhere in the country, and so uh, shit, I'm everywhere, man, just trying to get the new batch of kids and right. And so yeah, never ends, never ends. But Football's still, 24/7 dude, you a around. human guy with a couple nuts on no, you. No, you no doubt, no doubt. At some point, no doubt. Yeah, I was flying them in, man, here and there. Yeah, you know? now we're talking. Not now more, I can't, but I did then. Yeah. You know. And that might have to be startling, dude, because look, I've done it, bro. You fly somebody in, and next thing you know, like, dude, this one girl I met one time had a real small head, right? And you can't tell in photos and stuff. Dude, I'm talking about, bro, you couldn't even legally bowl with it. You know, it was small. It was too little. Holy shit. And you can't tell in photos, and then I'm hanging out with somebody that got that, you know, I'm worried her head might, you know, something, you know, could Snap. dangerous could happen. Yeah, Snap man, it's just dangerous. So you can't do that online shit, man. That's just dangerous, it's man. dangerous, What do they bro. call it? Fit, catfish or something? Oh, yeah. I just learned fishing. what that shit was. I didn't know what that shit was. Yeah. I'd have been damned if I'd have, if I'd have did that and somebody showed up fucking 500 pounds out of fucking oh, dude. I would have lost my shit man. or you'd have put them on the offensive line D-line D-line they can't move very well you put on D-line um, let's take another call we had we had so many uh, submissions uh, you got a, a question yeah I actually have a Patreon question um, right. from Kyle Savage and he wants to know I know you just briefly touched on it but what do you think you would do if you weren't a coach or involved in football like what do you think what would I do um, I don't know man shit you know I'm a great recruiter, and that's what my name. I started my name built on recruiting. Um, so, but but selling cars and shit, I, that ain't me though, man. Even though everybody says, "Oh, you could be a sales salesman, great salesman," I don't. I have no. Oh, I, yeah, desire. I, man. I think you're. Well, no, I was just saying you're stable of players. It's like a used car lot. Those, no doubt, those, no doubt. Those no, but people have told me before, like you oh, can really? sell car. You can sell ice to an Eskimo, man. Why don't you just sell cars? And I'm like, nah, that ain't my thing. And probably because they don't help nobody, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Right. So you do have a feeling, really, that you want to. You do. You feel effective when you're able to help people. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what allows me to sleep at night, man. Not wins and losses. You know what I mean? Nobody gives shit. And you know what? I've told people. Because the show doesn't, yeah, I mean, and I know you you know, you know that you haven't seen it, but the show doesn't show that. It just doesn't have that element of you. I know. You know? <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. It's got more like this Huey P. Long kind of like guy, which is an awesome character, man. Trust me. It's yeah, also yeah, a character yeah. I think we need out in the world. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. That a character is still allowed to have like some sort of manly attributes and tell everybody to go fuck themselves if he wants to. You know? No question. It's like, that, especially in LA they're trying to outlaw you know they're gonna take our balls soon bro you know I think there's some great American words that they didn't like me to say man I think motherfuckers like probably the best one. Oh, dude they said but, it on some of the boats if you listen they got some you know transcripts from the Mayflower a lot of people are like yeah motherfucker we going to America bro Columbus huh <laughs> yeah, but, hey I, shit, I don't know man I think there's some words out there that I think kids resonate with better yeah they don't i couldn't you think i could whisper sweet nothings to bobby bruce son please do right fucking kidding me His mom yeah. calls him every fucking motherfucker in the book so, so like you know those they don't people in my they don't know what being in my shoes entails they don't know where these kids came from and what i have to deal with and those kids don't know those words and like you said a lot of them come from their, their third grade reading level their yeah. third grade reading level man and um, like I said, they ain't built on intellect. If you know how to play the game, you might sign an NFL paycheck regardless. 22 of my NFL guys weren't fucking scholars, let me just tell you. Yeah. But they're making millions of dollars. So yeah. And it's, it's an experience-based life, I think, we live. It's not, a, it's not built on intellect. I think it's built on hands-on experience out there. And get your, get your, get your hands dirty, man, and uh, figure it out. And I don't know if a piece of paper from a college really means that much. It definitely ain't fucking. You ain't making the money back to pay it off. You ain't making more money than the college degree cost. Well, you're gonna work. Have you gonna work? Yeah. Over time, you're gonna spend ten years of your working life paying it off for sure. Biggest scam in the country, man. But um, but yeah, it's interesting because at that level, then you're only the only thing you can do. You're not a parent to these guys. I mean, you can try to be a, like mm-hmm. you know, you can try to be a shoulder here and there. You can try to be a role model. But this the the scope of time that you have with them. Mm-hmm. The fact that they know, everybody knows this is just a curve in the river. We're trying to get you back upstream. Mm-hmm. There's no bones about any of that, is there? No, not at all. Um, I don't, I don't, like I said, I, I told people, people are all saying, we won the thing last year. Yes. And everybody I saw in public, not one person said, damn, coach, you're a hell of a coach. You fucking won. Da, da, da. So everybody this year was like, man, you're going to get bashed for doing two and eight. I said, no, I'm not. Nobody gives a fuck about that, watching that part on the show. I have not yet been told, do you shitty? You went two and eight. Nobody gives a fuck. They were like, damn, you're a crazy motherfucker, coach. We love you. Yeah. And that's all I've been told. Nobody cares about wins and losses and that shit. People, people think that. That's not really what it's about. Um, now, at the, in the SEC, it's wins and losses. Right. In NFL, it's wins and losses. Right. You're not molding men, your boys into men and making them. Yeah, you guys are sous chefs down there. You guys are like prep, not, you know, you're chefs, but you're like prep cooks. You're yeah, fucking getting these ingredients ready. We're gutting them and cutting them and skinning them and yeah. all that shit. All you guys, you hunters fuckers do. Would you, uh, yeah, definitely. Would you take a, would you take a job at a different level, you think? You know, I would, uh, if it, if it ever was that, was that time, you know what I mean? I, I've had offers way back and I, not as a coach, but like an off the field role and stuff like that. I don't know if I regret it or not. Um, maybe you could I be the fucking Clint it. Eastwood of recruiting, man. Yeah. See, I, I did that, man. I, I, I think everybody knows that, but they're scared, man. You got to understand. I was told by a great man one time, like, you know why you won't go D1? I'm like, what's, what's up? Uh, well, first you're rough around the edges too. Um, what's going to happen when you leave independence where are they getting the kids 
What's going to happen when you leave Compton College? Where are they getting the players from? Because I had the best players. And so those guys had to get those guys from somebody. So if I was on their level, kids disappear. And so never looked at it that way. Mm. And uh, kind of stuck with me. And I was like, fuck, I'm start charging these fuckers then. Yeah. Should have. I would love to see a TV show of him coaching peewee football. Oh, shit. I don't know if I could do that Get one. to them before they're corrupted and t- entitled. You yeah, should. I hear you. But, it, but shit, I'd be fucking in jail, bro. A little slap dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The parents and everybody fucked. Oh, fuck them, bro. Every, the, 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 the Trump administration would have me in jail, man. <laughs> Dude, the Trump administration would hire you, I think, bro. Oh, well, fuck. Maybe. I don't know. I think, look, man, I think you'd do it. You need somebody do, in my corner, man. You'd do, you'd do great, man. I think, you have so, I think you have a lot of people in... Uh, I think you have a lot of people in your corner, man. I think it's just nice to hear somebody yeah. fucking yell fuck sometimes, you know? Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I wish they, you could put me on payroll then. <laughs> if uh, if you could go back, uh, do you, knowing everything you know now, do you think you still would have done the show? or? Yeah, because in my opinion, who am I, man, to take away uh, young men and a platform for an opportunity from these youngsters? So, like, the coaches, 17 coaches got jobs. You know, you would never know who Kalen Davis is or right. or, or uh, uh, even my two white fucking kids, Chance Main and Kerry Buckmaster, they highlighted on the show. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, they got my tokens in there. Oh, well, yeah. But, you know, they, they did that. Nobody would know who they are. Kerry Buckmaster lived a harder life than most fucking any inner city black kid I ever met. The I kid mean, with the uh, big hair? From Arizona, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, or from Nevada, I mean. So, you know, he, uh, fuck, he lived in a car, man, drove up here with fucking tuna fish sandwich, drove across the country to Independence, man. And in and, and, and his time there, he busted his ass for me and, and uh, was a very loyal kid. And, uh, you know, he was an emotional roller coaster, man, but they all are. And that's my job to try to mold them and help them. And so uh, hopefully he figures it out and, and ends up becoming a, uh, uh, you know, has a family and does well in life. You know what I mean? But. But nobody would know those guys, and nobody would, and probably ten of the seventeen coaches wouldn't have got those jobs if they weren't on the show. So I don't regret the show. I just um, maybe I should have did more research on how they were going to depict it. Yeah. But besides that, now nah, I, you know, I got those guys an opportunity for you know the r- r- rest of their life to be known. Uh, let's take this question right here, Coach Brown. I just wanted to see what your new opinion was on the new caddy lineup. We got the new CT five. We got the new. XTS uh, CT5 looks like it's got that supercharged V8 in it. So I wanted to know what your opinion was and what your plan is for the new year. Now, gang, gang, brown crown. Gang, bro. I don't know, man. I'm a. Uh, I got the I got the V Sport out there in the parking lot, man. I'm a I'm, I'm a speed guy. You know what I mean? So probably the probably the the CT he was talking about, I guess. So. Yeah, I'm a speed guy, man. But I've had the, I got the big body too, so I like to get in the Deville. Yeah, and lay back, dude. My dad, my, sunroof, and my dad bought a Cutlass off a couple of brothers that lived down the street from us when I was old, when I was uh, a kid, right? And my dad was old. My dad was seventy when I was born. He was an old man. Oh, damn. So he would drive us around town in this, and it had these speakers in it. My dad couldn't even fucking hear, right? So, bro, we'd be rolling with twenty two, just listening to NPR, Paul Harvey all the time. <laughs> oh shit, Paul Harvey. Ba- banging huh good day yeah bro fucking banging bro and one of them had chinese food in it bro one of the things was rattled out what was the shit called back what donks or what are they called back down there they well, put the big ass rims on a fucking cutlass uh t- i don't know people just called them i think spinners 22s i don't know what people called them back then now you weren't born when spinners were around fuck you no not. i was before uh, yeah, no, that was before probably when i was like 16 or something spinners you know latrell yeah, free wells yeah, or whatever well. that's 18. when they started those are the how old are you 22s i think was the only thing i heard i'm 39 
Are you? Yeah. Okay, you're younger than me. Shit. Some people said, yeah, maybe, I don't even know if they fucking had rims then. Nah. White wall. I remember some white people walls. paint the white walls. That was it, dude. <laughs> I mean, everybody, the only nicest thing you could have us was a 5.0 Mustang. No, that was big time. Yeah, that thing was big, bro. Convertible. This Poor. one dude floored it one time, and these two fucking real pasty bitches fell right off the back, dude. They were sitting on the back like they were in a parade, but they weren't in a parade. They got and cherry- they fucking rolled right off the back, bro. Cherry marks on their yeah, elbows. Bro. It's like rug burn, man. Um, Jason Brown, I'm trying to think of a neat job that I would like to see you doing, man. I don't know, man. You might be one of the last ones like you, bro. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm hearing, man. Somebody maybe. I don't know. We'll see what happens after this, man. I mean, shit. It's a bestseller book, man. It's a. Uh, so, you know, like Tony Dungy got, went on Twitter and was like basically saying, telling people, you know, I, I played for coaches that didn't coach like Coach Brown and you didn't need to cuss and stuff. Oh, yeah. My, Tony Dungy seems a little fucking soft, though. My, my rebuttal is like you weren't in junior college and those guys weren't coaching junior college kids. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a little different. Um, yeah, I can only imagine, man. It's already easy enough or it's already these players are already treated like royalty at some of these universities. They're already given a lot of second, third, fourth, fifth chances. But the moral of that story I was telling you is mm-hmm. that book's the bestseller. Tony Dungy's isn't. Gang, bro. I so, respect it. I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, I'm ahead of Tom Brady too. Fucking believe that or not? Well, in his book I, sales, I don't know if I believe uh, that. Yeah, Google it. Really? I, I, fuck! I was just told by my publisher I was the number one book. I hope so. She ain't lying. I'm a fire ass. Look, I'm ready to read it. Um, they had a coach that gave you a book, the ego book. Read my quote in there, man. Is it from his? No, I wrote you a quote in there. Let me see. Front page, man. Theo, I appreciate the support and love. Much respect for what you do, gang, gang. My best, Coach Brown. W I N, bro. Win, man. You know what that means? What's important now? That's my thing. There's a chapter in there. Read I, it up. I appreciate this. I will. Uh, Coach Brown, thank you so much for being here with us. Appreciate man. you, man. I yeah. appreciate anytime, man. Do it again. I really appreciate it, man. And wish you the best of luck. And uh, Definitely. yeah. Definitely appreciate you guys. Now I'm just floating on the breeze, and I feel I'm falling like these leaves. I must be cornerstone. But it's gonna take a little time For me to set that parking brake And let myself unwind Shine that light on me I'll sit and tell you Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jonathan Kite, and welcome to Kite Club, a podcast where I'll be sharing thoughts on things like current events, stand-up stories, and seven ways to pleasure your partner. The answer may shock you. Sometimes I'll interview my friends. Sometimes I won't. And as always, I'll be joined by the voices in my head. You have three new voice messages. A lot of people are talking about Kite Club. I've been talking about Kite Club for so long, longer than anybody else. So great. Hi, sweetheart. Here's a deal. Anyone who doesn't listen to Kite Club is a dodgy bloody wanker. Do you know what I mean? 
Hi, <laughs> I'll take a quarter pounder with cheese and a McFlurry. Sorry, sir, but our ice cream machine is broken. <laughs> I think Tom Hanks just butt dialed me. Anyway, first rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Second rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Third rule. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or watch us on YouTube, yeah? And yes, don't worry, my Brad Pitt impression will get better.